0: I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Galatians. Turn to the book of Galatians. I want to encourage you today, because I believe that today's message, some of you really, really need to hear this today. Galatians chapter 6, in verse number 9. The Bible says, And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap. Amen. Amen if we faint not. I want to encourage you today, don't give up. All right? That's the message. Don't give up. Can you say the message with me? Ready? One, two, three? Don't give up. I want you to look to the person beside you, even if they're a stranger, and it could be awkward. Just look at them and say. Don't give up. Now, don't shout at them if they're new, because uh, that's a really awkward. We don't want to yell at new people or anybody, really. Don't give up. I want to tell you this morning don't give up on your marriage. Some of you are coming in today fighting. You're coming in today and you are having, you know how I know that? Because I've done that before, by the way. Uh, we're all human here, okay? You're coming in here to church, we're just a bunch of humans, and we're, we're turning to God for our needs, and we're looking to Him for help today don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on a dream that God has given you because it's difficult. Don't give up on your relationships with your family or your father or your mother or your kids that maybe you don't speak to for whatever reason. If God has called you to do something and it's not going as you had planned, I want to encourage you today, don't give up. Don't give up. Why shouldn't we give up? I am so excited to tell you why. Because sometimes, sometimes when there seems to be no way at all, God makes a way. When it appears that in your situation you have no more options, and I'm talking about when the professionals tell you you have no more options, when your family tells you this is a dead-end street, There are options. When it appears to be the end, and it seems like you have no control over anything, and it just seems that it would be easier just to throw in the towel and call it quits and wash your hands of it and be done, I want to tell you, don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Because your enemy or that obstacle or that thing you're trying to overcome, I want to encourage you today, you can overcome it in God's power and in God's timing, if you don't give up. Uh, This past week, I'm so excited to tell you this. This past week, I got to experience Miracle Monday. Anybody else with me on Miracle Monday? We got to see something that we've not seen before. And I don't want to gloss over it, because we can't just stop when God answers prayer and say, you know what, that's just a fluke. This is not a fluke. This is God answering prayer. And I want to explain to you, two and a half years ago, I watched as one of my friends, Pastor Tony, uh, we we, we heard about his son after the service. Somehow we learned that Logan passed out upstairs. Uh, He was upstairs working uh, one of these uh, TV type things over here on the computer. And he was up there doing his thing and he passed out. We learned about this. Come to find out after some testing that he was diagnosed with severe cancer. I saw the situation. We experienced, all of us experienced watching Pastor Tony and Logan and the whole family go through this terrible thing. It didn't look good. The doctors did not give good news. The options were slim. There were times it was sad, just plain sad. And I don't like to feel sad. I I try to, I'm 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 an emotional stuffer, okay? Those, the, those of us, we don't, we don't like to feel things like sadness. But it was sad. And it was confusing. Why does God let good people go through bad things? How could this happen? But I watched. And you watched. And this church family prayed. I, I remember watching this church family pray. We, we knocked and we knocked and we knocked and we we prayed to God over and over again. I, I remember standing on this stage, I remember standing on the stage in the auditorium. I remember us gathering around Logan, I remember us praying at a time when we really didn't know what was gonna happen. We really had no confidence in any medication, we didn't really know what was taking place, we just knew that it was bad and we needed some help. You with me? And we, we prayed, and I remember praying, and I prayed sincerely. And for two and a half years, in every single staff meeting that we had, we prayed sincerely for Logan. Every single, uh, every single week we came into this service, y'all were praying. I remember on Wednesday night sitting with people and praying. I remember on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m., we have a prayer meeting over here, and I remember people praying every single week for two and a half years for Logan. And sometimes I doubt it. Anybody doubt ever? Mile on my own? Come on, guys, help me out. Okay. We doubted. It's because we're human. We doubted because it looked rough. It looked, it appeared really, really bad. At, what, at one point, I remember we were praying for a miracle for a surgery. We were so excited that there was a surgery that was going to take place, and, and we were praying that God would use that surgery to get rid of this cancer. And when we, we prayed and we really put our faith out there, and we, we were asking God, and then we experienced failure. It was a setback. They couldn't, they couldn't do the surgery. They, we heard words like worse than it, it, we thought it was. We couldn't do anything. At that point, we, our prayers weren't answered. It, it is terrible to be in that point. We felt disappointment, we were confused, but but the prayers didn't stop, did they? The prayers didn't stop, even to the point where Pastor Tony, uh, in, in what he's facing and dealing with, he decides to lead us through this sermon series, Forward by Faith, and we're, we're talking about going forward in life, trusting God, even when we can't see what's taking place, even when we don't understand what's going on. Uh, we We kept praying. Don't get me wrong, we weren't perfect. We oftentimes doubted, but the prayers kept going. Multiple times we got this news that of, of this like sliver of hope. We heard there's a medicine that could come in and could change everything. There's a, a chemo pill or this this treatment. And uh, we, we, we heard about these medicines and the medicine would bring hope, right? We were so excited. We were like, God, this is going to be it. This is going to be the thing. And then, disappointment again. We're the medicine stopped working. Not only did the medicine stop working, it seems like the cancer has grown. During this whole time, this whole journey of two and a half years, we saw others get cancer. Some of you got the diagnosis of cancer. Some of you lost loved ones. Some of you experienced life at its hardest. It is difficult when you're going through something hard And then the people around you are experiencing something difficult and you're still trying to pray and you're saying, God, is it even possible? Is life even good anymore? you with me? Does anyone ever feel that way? Life went on and we kept praying. Life was hard. The burden was heavy. I mean, it was heavy. But this past week... This past week, I saw something I have not seen before. This past week, I saw a miracle. We saw a miracle. This past week, for two and a half years, we witnessed setback after setback, hope, and then disappointment. But on Miracle Monday, after just two and a half hours, God answered two and a half years of prayer. Can we praise God for that? Your prayers, Pastor Tony's prayers, Logan's prayers, prayers from all around the word. And we got to hear the word. I, I listened with my very ear to this doctor that was just in the surgical room. However, we're all huddled around Pastor Tony. And we heard up at the Cleveland Clinic on Monday, and he says, the tumor is out. That's what he said. The tumor is out. And I want to tell you today through the message what I learned through this because I'm not going to lie to you, I struggle with just continuing on when it's hard. I I, want to quit sometimes. Sometimes I feel like, oh, I don't know if I can take it anymore. This is really heavy and really hard to deal with. And I'm sure that some of you come in here today and you're saying, I got something in my life, something that I'm fighting, something that I've been battling for a long time, even longer than two and a half years, and I don't think that I can keep going anymore. Well, here's what I learned through this whole thing. Don't give up. Don't give up. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how heavy your burden is, no matter how many times you've been disappointed because it hasn't worked out in time, don't give up. Because I watched for two and a half years something that seemed impossible to take place. And today we stand in celebration as a church and we realize that when one surgery fails, that's not the end of the line. That's not the end of the line. When one medicine fails and the doctors say there are no more options, there were more options. And then a tumor that once was the heaviness of a family and a church and stole all the hope away, that tumor's out. That's where we stand today. And I look back on that and I can say, you know what? We would have been really stupid to give up. That's what we would have been. Because when you give up, it steals the hope away. It leaves no possibility for success when you give up. So I want to encourage you. Today is a message of encouragement. Does anybody need encouragement in here? Man, we need some encouragement today. And God wants us all to know that no matter how dark it is, hope remains. On the other side of you not giving up, on the other side of your persistence in prayer, and your persistence in work, whatever it is that God is leading you to do, if you don't give up, you can see blessings. You can see success. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, Let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Here I got three points today that are real simple because I can follow simple, and I hope you can follow simple. Uh, point number one, doing good is tiring. Doing good is tiring. Have you ever been weary in well-doing? Uh, That word weary means to fail in heart, to be exhausted, to be spent. Is there something in your life that you're just tired of fighting for, tired of continuing the same battle over and over and over? You might be praying for your child. You may be asking God for healing. You might be overcoming an addiction, and it just seems like you're not getting anywhere. And the truth of the matter is, it is so tiring. We get tired. We feel like quitting. To be exhausted. What have you exhausted your energy on? Say, I've tried everything I could try. I don't know if I can do any more. What have you given to and then given more without any result? It might be a a relationship with a a best friend or or with your father or your mother or a child that you don't know is ever going to come back and and be a part of the family when you've tried over and over. I want you to know I've been there. I have been there and I think pretty much all of us have been there. I want to do this. If you've been there, can you raise your hand? If you've been tired, doing good, I want everyone to keep your hand up and I want you to look around at everybody else with their hands up. Look around right now. I want to tell you that we all, go through the, just the struggle and the problem of when we're doing something we know God wants us to do. We, we know we should keep praying. We know that we shouldn't stop. Man, we really want to. It is so hard. It is so difficult. Doing good is tiring. It's tiring to keep fighting. It's tiring to stay the course. It's tiring in well-doing. But there's more to the verse. Point number two. Say, we're moving fast. We're going to get out of here soon. Uh, Listen, let's keep going. Uh, We'll see at the end of this thing. Success is still possible. Success is still possible. The Bible says, let us not be weary in well doing. Don't get tired. Don't quit. For in due season we shall reap. Don't be weary if you're witnessing to those of your neighbors and you want somebody to come to know Christ and you say, I don't know if they're ever going to change you. The grumpiest, grouchiest neighbor I have, don't stop. If you say, I-, I don't know if I can keep going in my marriage, don't stop. Don't give up. Don't be weary uh, if you're growing as a Christian and you say, I just don't know if I can ever be like Jesus. I don't think, you know what, you probably won't be until you're uh, all the way in heaven. But you know what, it gets discouraging, does it? And you're trying to learn and you're, you're trying to overcome things and behaviors of the past and then it's just tough to keep going. But the Bible says, in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Don't be weary in trying to reach your unsaved relatives. Don't be weary in raising your kids. Because the Bible says, in due season, you shall reap. One day, there's going to be a breakthrough. One day. You say, uh, when, when, Pastor Chris, is my breakthrough coming? I've been trying. I feel like quitting. You're telling me not to quit. So tell me, when it, when it, how long? How long does this have to happen? Wouldn't we all love to know the answer? How long? Well, let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says, for in... Due season, we shall reap. What is due season? Due season simply means at the God appointed time. At the God-appointed time, you say, when, when is it that I'm going to see my child come back to me? When is it that I'm going to see this problem get fixed? I tell you what, it's at God's appointed time that you're going to see it. In due season, it's, it's the same idea as a farmer that's plowing and they're sowing. Uh, one day they know that if they, if they plant the seed and they, they tend to their crop, that one day, even though today there's nothing growing, one day there'll be a harvest. There's a harvest season. There's a time, and God has appointed uh, certain crops to take a certain amount of time to grow. And in the same way, what you're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to see God do, he has a timeline for, and you don't get to set the timeline, and I don't get to set the timeline. Now, I want you to look uh, just up a couple of verses in Galatians, Galatians uh, chapter six in verse number seven. This passage about not quitting and not being weary in well-doing is right in the section of scripture where God talks about sowing and reaping. It's it's planting and harvesting. And the Bible says in verse 7, "Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap." What God's telling us is he says, "Look, don't be fooled. I have set the world up in such a way. I have set this place up so that the things that you do, the energy you expend, the prayers that you pray, Those things, you're sowing those things. And one day, you're going to reap the benefits of those things. It's sowing and reaping. It's how God set the world up. He says, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. We know that. If we do things we're not supposed to do against God's word, we we do things, we sin. Man, we get consequences for that sin. We get that. We understand that. We have all experienced the consequences for our bad behavior at times, don't we? Uh, That's what that means. But he that soweth to the Spirit... Shall of the Spirit reap life ever, everlasting? It's the same idea. If you continually pray and you continually invest and you're doing what God wants you to do, you may be tired, but if you keep going, the Bible says there's due season coming. There is a time that God has appointed that you are going to reap a harvest from what you're investing. Uh, does anybody in here love school? Raise your hand if you love school. All right, if you don't love school, I want everybody for a moment to pretend like you do, because I want to teach you something like you're in school, okay? This was so helpful for me to understand this. Um, uh, I want to teach you about water, about water. Uh, water has a boiling point. Does everyone know that? Water has a boiling point. So, water um, at sea level, I was corrected in the first service, because I didn't say sea level, at sea level... Water boils at 212 degrees Fahrenheit, okay? That's when water boils. It's a boiling point. Here's what I learned. Every uh, degree that you would heat water requires that you expend energy. There's energy uh, that's needed to heat the water. This measurement of energy to heat the water they call it a BTU. Have you ever seen that before? BTU? Sometimes you see it on air conditioners. That's also like a cooling uh, unit, but it's it's used in heaters. How fast can you heat this place up? Well, that's how many BTUs, how much energy you can have. That stands for British Thermal Unit. Pretty cool so far, right? Let me explain. This this is going to make a difference. You're like, why are we talking about water? Let me explain. A BTU is the amount of energy required to raise the temperature of one pound of water at sea level by one degree Fahrenheit, one BTU, one degree. To raise the water, imagine you have room temperature water, let's say 70 degrees. If you you raise the temperature from 70 degrees to 211 degrees, it's going to take 142 BTUs, all right? One BTU to raise one degree. Let me explain. God has an appointed time that water boils. Water does not boil at 70 degrees at sea level. God has not appointed that time for water to boil. Water does not boil at 211 degrees. Water boils at God's appointed time, 212 degrees Fahrenheit at sea level. (laughs) You can quote me on that, okay? Let me explain. This is how it applies to you and I. Water at 200 degrees looks a lot like water at 70 degrees. All that energy that was expended to get to 200 degrees doesn't look like anything happened. And then you move up to 201 degrees, 202 degrees. Still no water boiling. Why are we even trying? Why, why are we trying to do this? Well, you mean? I'm going to leave it on the stove. I'm going to keep letting it go more energy, more BTUs, more prayers, more effort, more investment, more time, all the way up until 211 degrees. The water does not boil at 211 degrees because God didn't set that appointed time for water to boil. It looks like nothing happens. Uh, It looks the same. Every bit of energy that is put into the water from 70 degrees all the way up to 211 degrees, it's not wasted. See, what happens is the water is stored up. It's built up. The the energy is built up into the water so that when you get to the appointed time, then the water boils. Does that make sense? Let me explain this to you. What I'm trying to say is you may be praying and you may be praying and you may be praying and you may be working really hard and putting forth your best energy and you might not see a difference, but you may have gone from 70 degrees to 200 degrees and you're like water. You're saying, I don't know why I keep going. I'm expending all this energy, and it looks the same. I've been going to counseling, and my marriage looks the same. I've I've been praying every morning for two weeks for my child, and they're the same as they were two weeks ago, maybe even worse. What am I doing? Am I wasting my time? Well, here's what I want to tell you. You haven't reached the boiling point. You haven't got to God's appointed time. One day soon, If you faint not, you will reap, the Bible says. You will reach this boiling point when you get to God's appointed time. Let me explain this. You're sitting here asking, okay, I get it. Uh, When is God's appointed time for me? I don't think I could do it any longer. God's appointed time for you is God's appointed time for you. Okay? Uh, I don't know when it is. But here's what, I know it's not before God wants it to be. Not before God wants it to be. I, I, uh, there's just, I just believe over this last two and a half years, there were things God wanted to do, things, things God, he had other plans. Uh, he, he definitely could forecast the future and he definitely could see. First surgical team didn't, didn't help. Nothing happened. It was not the right time. That was not the due season for this tumor to come out. It didn't happen then. And it looked really bad then. But we were already praying. We were already uh, far into this journey. And so we continued to pray. And we continued to pray. Two and a half years in was the appointed time. God lined up the surgical team. We were up at the Cleveland Clinic. Two and a half hours into the surgery, the appointed time came. So for that instance, it was two and a half years. I know that God's appointed time for you is not before God wants it to be. But it's also not until we do our part. Uh, See, the idea here is sowing and reaping. You say, I really want to get to God's appointed time. I really want this circumstance to change. Don't stop praying, keep working, don't quit, keep going. You say, if you want to reap, you've got to keep going. Success is still possible. Keep doing what you need to do. Keep praying. Keep working. Keep investing. For in due season, at God's appointed time, when you hit the boiling point, all that work that you put in, all that time that you put in, all those tears that you cried, all those meetings that really were terrible, all of those burdens that you felt, listen, at some point, God has an appointed time to hit the boiling point. And at some point, God is going to make a change. And it's not going to happen before he wants it to be, but it surely isn't going to happen until he does in us what he wants to do. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if. Woo! That's a big if. Can you just say that with me? If. 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 If is a little, little tiny word with big implications here. Uh, If is a word of possibility. I love this because uh, you're saying, I think my situation is impossible. With God, all things are possible. You ever heard that verse? Listen, if you faint not. The Bible says there's this possibility that if you keep going, and if you don't be weary and don't quit, if you continue what you're doing, that there is a chance. I I can't promise you it's going to happen. Nobody can promise you it's going to happen, but I can promise you that if you continue and if you don't give up, there is a possibility that what you're praying for is going to get answered in a way you've never seen it before answered. what What you're working toward may come to fruition. I tell you, it's possible. It's a word of possibility, the word if. But it's also a word of contingency. It means that something depends on this if. There is still hope in your situation as long as you don't quit. As long as you don't quit. What benefit does it help you to quit? You have a strained relationship? Ah, forget it. Cut it off. Cut them off. You really, you really think God wants you to heal that relationship? What benefit is cutting them off going to do for you? It's not. You're never going to see a change if you quit. You have a sickness, a disease. I can't promise you that you'll have healing in this earth. Thank God that we have ultimate hope that no matter what happens on this earth, that we're going to go to heaven. You know, I want to remind you that for you or any other person, any healing is only a temporary healing. Uh, We all, 10 out of 10 of us, will die one day. Thank God if we know Jesus Christ, we know where we'll go after we die. We'll spend eternity in heaven. But we will all die one day. But when it comes to this earth and what we're investing in and what we've been praying for, I want to tell you, God gives an if. He says it's possible that you will see success if you don't quit. It It is not only possible, But if you don't give up, you have this promise that you can lean on. Here's my third point. Only if we don't give up. Doing good is tiring. Success is still possible. But it's only if we don't give up. I want to explain to you what faith looks like, okay? What faith looks like is this. And Jesus is going to say it here in the verse. Faith looks like not giving up. Faith means I don't quit, I don't give up, I, I don't stop, I don't stop praying. I want you to turn, I'm going to show you two parables, two teachings of Jesus, and then I'm going to wrap this thing up, okay? And we're going to sing some songs, and we're having have an awesome time, and uh, let's, let's go to Luke chapter 18, in verse number one. Jesus told a parable, a parable is like a story, and he says, I'm telling you this story, and here's the reason why. And he, he explains it, if you're wondering why he told this story, it's right here in verse number one. And he spake a parable unto them to this end. Why are you telling us this? That men ought always to pray and not to faint. Sounds familiar, right? You ought always to pray. You shouldn't stop praying. Don't give up. And he goes on, he says, saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, the judge, saying, avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. He would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Jesus tells a story. Once upon a time, There was this judge, and he wasn't even a godly judge. He was just a judge. He was a judge, and this lady came to him and said, I've got a problem with this person. I need you to fix it for me. And he said, I don't want to fix it for you. For a while. For a while. And then he said, okay, okay, I'm going to fix it for this lady. And do you know why he's going to fix it for this lady? Because she continually kept coming and kept coming and kept... She was annoying. She was an annoying lady. And she came, and she kept coming, and she asked him, and he says, because of her continual coming, she wearies me. She didn't get weary. I bet she was at some point when he wouldn't say yes, but she kept going and kept praying. And God said, this is the story I'm telling you so that you are always to pray and not to give up, not to faint. This woman would not accept defeat. It's something we like to call perseverance. Perseverance. This is that pushing through. It's endurance. It's consistent, continual, relentless action. She kept going and kept going. It's when you continue to pray, even when you don't see any other option. I don't think she had a lot of hope in this judge. But that's all she had. It's all she could go for. Verse number six, And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? God is looking for some people in this room to find faith. and He defines that faith in this passage by being a person who doesn't stop praying. Somebody who keeps knocking. Somebody who keeps asking. Continually continually. You say, I think I've asked for a hundred times. So don't stop. Ask 101 times and keep going and keep going. Jesus tells another similar story in Luke chapter 11. Turn to Luke chapter 11. Jesus, it says, he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine is in his journey, has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. So you got this, this friend, imagine somebody knocking at your door in the middle of the night, and they're like, hey, please don't do this to me. Uh, this is not like I ask for you to like test out this sermon illustration. But what happens here is they're knocking on the door in the middle of the night, and this guy's like, go away. Why are you here? I need bread for my friend. It was a legitimate need. It was, so, somebody was in need. He was asking something for someone else. I would think that friend was quite a loser. I'd be like, get out of here. <laughs> go home. <laughs> like, the store's not open, you know? But that's not the illustration. And he from within shall answer, trouble me not. He says, I'm in bed. Verse 8, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend. Lame friend, right there. I'm not going to give it to him because he's my friend. Here's the reason why I'm going to give him the bread. Yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. I tell you what, God is very clear in what he's teaching us today. Don't give up importunity is a persistent, urgent pleading, even to the point of being a bit shameless. It's the idea that this person, went in the middle of the night, a time, who goes and knocks on somebody's door in the middle of the night? Why would you do that? And they do this, and he's asking for bread for a friend, and the friend's like, I know you're my friend, but you're not that close a friend, so I'm not going to give it to you. But he just keeps knocking. He just keeps going back over and over and over. That's what importunity is. Urgent pleading, never stopping. And this is where Jesus tells us in verse number nine And I say to you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Here's, here's what I want to tell you. He, he's comparing this friend asking for bread. It's like a child asking their father. He says, You know what? If you, if you have a child, raise your hand if you've got some kids. I hope you love your kids. If your kid comes to you and he asks for something, maybe they ask for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and they're hungry, they're really hungry, are you going to give him a, give your child a stone? Here, gnaw on this, you know? <laughs> no, you're not going to do that. And God is saying here, he says, listen, some of you have stopped asking. You used to ask God for this need in your life you just got tired. You just said, I don't, have, I don't have anything left. I got nothing left in the tank. I can't ask anymore. God says, ask and it shall be given you. If you want it, you better ask for it. If you stop asking, you're surely not going to get it. Seek and you shall find. You've got to put forth the effort. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And he says, you know what? If, if you guys being human sinners, evil, That's the idea. Just being human. If you can give good gifts to your children, have you forgotten that you have a heavenly father? And when you ask him for something, he cares for you even greater than you care for your own kids. I want to encourage you guys today, every single one of you, don't give up. Because it's not over. You can see success. Just don't stop. Just don't give up. Just don't stop praying. Ask, and it shall be given you. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, there is coming a time that if you continue to pray, if you continue to ask, you continue to put forth the effort, that God has a time, and he says, you know what? That's your breakthrough. That's your boiling point. And it's going to come, and it's going to come not because you stop, but because of your importunity. It's going to come because you, you are just keep going, and you're not going to stop. It was so amazing to see because there were times, you know what? Uh, there were times I'm sure Pastor Tony said, man, I don't know if this is going to come out right. I don't know if this is going to work out. I heard it sometimes. There were times we felt that. Here's what we need to do as a church family. Sometimes you feel that way. Well, today I'm here to encourage you as one of the pastors. God says, "Don't give up. Don't quit. You can pray again. You can continually ask for that thing again. And there's a good chance that if you continue and you put in the time and you put in the prayer, that in God's timing, you'll reap if you don't give up. But sometimes I might even be failing, and you may not hear, be hearing that message from up here. You have each other." We need each other because sometimes we feel like quitting. We need Christians, brothers and sisters in this church to be able to say, hey, don't, don't stop. We're in this together. We're not going to stop all together on this. We're going to keep asking. Now I want to speak to those in here that really you, you're just like, I, I am too tired. I, I cannot, I do not have the strength. That's the problem because we think that we have to have all the strength to do it you say I just can't fight anymore well good thing that you know Jesus as your Savior the Bible says the Holy Spirit lives within you the Bible says that God is always with you that he will never leave you or forsake you and you're not going through your problem all by yourself you may have forgotten that he's with you I have two verses for you and what we need to do today is simply this come to Jesus In Isaiah 40 and verse 31, the Bible says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Come to the Lord. He is with you. He's the one that will give you the strength to keep praying, the strength to keep working, the strength to keep investing in that relationship, whatever it is to try a new option. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, Jesus, or he says this again, he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Some of you came in today with a burden you've been carrying for two and a half years or more, and you're heavy laden, and you've quit, you've stopped asking. God says, come to me. Listen to his promise. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. We were not in this scenario willing to give up and quit. I thank God that Pastor Tony and his whole family set an example for us for that. At times, I thought they were crazy. I'm going to be honest with you. You may think, how can he say that? I'm telling you, at times it gets so heavy, we all feel crazy. We all feel like there ain't no way this is going to work. But then we hear from Jesus, and he says, hey, let me, let me give you some rest. And, and he gives you that strength to keep going. We kept praying. Man, it was so encouraging. We prayed, what, two Saturdays ago. And then on Monday morning to hear the news, the tumor's out. That is a direct life, real life, miracle illustration that if we don't give up, that God can make a change. And I believe he can do the same thing for you.